Hey everybody, welcome to the Rock Pile Talk Pile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. I'm Zach, username Zachman7. John J. Foster15. Jack uses slash underbubble. Evan Legacy3233. We're back after the World Series that was. Um, and Evan, what did you think about this year's 2019 World Series? The Nationals are what the Rockies were supposed to be, and the Nationals were the 2007 Rockies that went all the way. That's depressing. You know what might be different, though? I think the Rockies actually had a better bullpen in 2007. The Nationals yeah. actually are uh, the team with the highest bullpen, like regular bull, regular season bullpen ERA, to ever win the World Series. It was like 59 or something. It was definitely a starting pitching that won them that World Series, though. Especially Strasburg, who was just absolutely dominant and will be in purple pinstripes coming soon. Oh. Oof. Brown pinstripes. Brown pinstripes. That's worse. Ugh. Why would the Rockies wear brown pinstripes? It's a re- whole rebranding thing. They're going to Nike this year. It's going to be weird. <laughs> I mean, mountains are more brown in reality, but anyway. Speaking of Nike, do you think we get a new jersey this year with the Nike rebrand? Uh, doesn't, no. doesn't everyone? No. Oh. Ugh. Disgusting. Anyway, um, so the Nationals won because of starting pitching. Uh, I mean, I think Strasburg just gets whatever he wants to stay on the Nationals. John? Uh, he already got a Corvette, so what more do you want? Um, yeah, he opted out of four years, $100 million, which I didn't think he would because he's the rare Boris client who has signed an extension uh, before free agency. I still, he's probably going to end up with the Nationals again. It'll probably be like 5125 or 5140 or something like that. But I think the Nationals will give him basically whatever he wants to pretty much stay there. Um, the losing team, Jack, was. Uh, the Astros, they, um, it's funny because like the Astros have, I guess with all their recent current events kind of become like, they've overtaken the Yankees temporarily as like one of the most like disdained teams or, you know, just the repulse people with the Taubman thing where, you know, he basically like dunked on some. Uh, women reporters for the Sooner thing, and then you know, dunked the, on. The, I'm I dunked on like they he was, we got a Sooner. I'm so glad we got a Sooner. They were like, women a female who were reporter. Like, he, had, oh, I'm sorry, that they were like women who had like spoken out, um, when the Osuna trade had happened, and like one of them tweeted something like, uh, like you know, if you are in like an abusive relationship, please call X. So she tweeted out some resources, and apparently, Taubman mm-hmm. had some like problems with that and then on top of that i mean there was the asuna acquisition in the first place i think buying low on a domestic abuser is uh not cool and the uh what, what was that the the big news that came out uh recently uh something sign stealing with like a camera in center field or something using yeah. uh, like a bat to bang like a trash can or something did I, everybody I, check out the john boy uh yeah breakdown it's pretty it's pretty clear like it's like yeah clear as day 
Evan, what what the punishment should be? Uh, they have to give us all of their starting pitching. We would find a way to ruin Garrett Cole. Yeah, but John, seriously. I mean, what is your punishment as commissioner? So we saw with the Cardinals hacking into the Astro system, there was the, uh, they lost a draft pick and they got fined so much dollars. I really think if you want to hurt them, you take away the draft picks, you take away their international signing bonus money, and then... Wasn't their GM handed a lifetime ban as well? No, that was the Braves. And that oh. was for international... I don't have a drink in front of me. Otherwise, I would have taken a drink when you said international signing bonus. I just think <laughs> that that's where you're going to hurt them the most is talent acquisition. You're going to hurt them the most with that. I yeah. if, Either... If Manfred wanted to get really creative, he'd make sure that they like had to shrink their scouting department, had to shrink their analytic department, but they won't do that. But that would that's where the Astros would really hurt is if you may force them to let go of some of their front office staff, but Manfred will never do that. This is pretty serious. It's serious, but let's not fool ourselves. Like this is not a, just an Astros thing. Like remember the uh, game one sixty three where Herman Marquez got crossed up with no one on base in, and threw a wild pitch. This is what's, the Rockies suspected the Dodgers of doing the exact same thing, and I don't think they were probably off base in suspecting that. I don't think uh-huh. it's only the Dodgers. I don't think it's only the Astros. I think it's pretty much the majority of baseball teams are doing. Wasn't some it also the sort of wild card thing. game against the Diamondbacks? Yeah, there's something. Yeah, the Diamondbacks thing was the Apple Watch. There's, uh-huh. I guarantee you, every team, including our own, is doing something they're not supposed to. I just think the Astros took it to a level that you're no giving one else our took analytics department a lot of credit right now <laughs> of doing something that the rest of the like of the major leagues are doing. You know, I'm giving our, our cheating department, which is probably one guy. Um, a our lot cheating of department credit. is just our home field because it has less oxygen, so we should just move. No home games for you. No home games, Jack. You think e- that's even enough if, punishment or Evan? Even if other teams are doing it and. There's no reason to suspect that they're not at least sign stealing in some way. The thing is that the Astros took it to a higher level. They got caught doing so, and there needs to be some sort of refine or example to be made of them in terms of losing a draft pick or losing money, something. Jack? Uh, you know, I don't really know. Um, I think you got to do something. I don't really know what that punishment honestly looks like and like if i'm being quite honest it's not as egregious as like the stuff that had been happening with topman so like i almost don't put any energy into it like they're clearly like an ethically corrupt organization it'd be Mm. nice to just get him in general i don't know Mm. draft picks so it's interesting i mean yes ethically ethically it is worse to say, yeah, domestic violence is fine, and we signed a guy for low, and I'm going to put it in the face of all these well, female reporters. It goes beyond bracelets. that, right? It was the it was the like discrediting of the reporter, like the lying. Yeah, it, like it went like if literally like, and this kind of sucks. Like I wish this wouldn't happen, but if what's his face, Jim Crane or whatever the hell Jeff Lunau was like, oops, we fucked up. You know, we're we're dealing with the matter internally. And like I don't know, suspended Taubman for like three games. Like we don't have to know what the punishment is. But if they came out and did that, 
They uh, literally, like nothing, none, none of this would have happened. If Tobin it releases nice. an apology and they say we dealt with it internally, it's over. He's right. It, there is, all they had to do the night the report came out is say, uh, we reviewed the facts from the Sports Illustrated report. We are inter- handling it internally. A week later, after the World Series, they say, we found that uh, Tobman uh, was acting inappropriately. We have suspended him uh, without pay for a month. It goes away. No one ever yep. talks about it ever again. Unfortunately, that's it's that's the case. Instead, they were pompous and arrogant, which is the Astros' mo, and why they're getting caught doing all these terrible things because they're a pompous and arrogant organization who thinks yeah. they can do whatever they want. AJ and they just—they did everything. They handled every single part of it wrong. And I don't think I have ever seen a relatively well-liked baseball team fall from grace this hard this quickly because literally all they had to do you're right is say no comment at this time we're investigating internally and then it's over. after the world series everything say hey we did this it's done and they're done and they're in the clear but it's nice it, that the fake news that they tried to do just didn't work you can't do fake news in baseball they're like yeah that didn't happen and everybody's like no it totally did and then everybody was like yeah it totally did they just tried to gaslight the whole thing. Like, no, that never happened. I don't know what you're talking like, about. And like, eight <laughs> reporters were like, I was literally, like, what did they expect would happen? Like, they were like, oh, it didn't happen. And they're like, eight reporters were like, dude, it definitely fucking happened. Yeah. And then you I just, don't know what they're It's kind of sad was. that sports news has more legitimacy than regular news. I knew that. I knew that's where Zach was going with this. <laughs> but, like, but literally, that right is exactly now. what happened. They tried to fake news this whole bullshit situation. Um, so yes, ethically, Jack, I agree with you. That's more egregious. But if you're thinking about in terms of like baseball, like when we talk about the biggest scandals of baseball, you have your whole like uh, White Sox World Pete Series Rose. stuff, Pete Rose, steroids, and then really, really intense sign stealing. I honestly think baseball MLB is just going to do what they did to the Cardinals for the hacking thing, but just do a little bit more. Like they're going to cite that as, hey, this was illegal in the actual crime sense. And we punished the Cardinals with X, Y, and Z. So we punished the uh, the Astros with X, Y, and Z, but also W. Evan, so you think that the hacking and the uh, sign stealing, like the very advanced sign stealing, those are the same. Just I'm going off what John's saying is he's like, they're about the same. I I put them at the very least on similar levels. I mean, some variety of sign stealing, you can argue, is part of baseball. If you've got a runner on second and he's trying to figure out signs and relay those to his pitcher, that I think is fine. That happens. That's, That's always totally happened. That's totally cool. I don't care. But about having at all. cameras to spy and having people make clear and obvious, if you watch the videos, noises to tip off the pitcher who are not on the field of play, I think that is incredibly, putting it generously, incredibly ethically dubious. And just, I would put it on a similar level of, of the hacking. At, at the very least, you can call it what it is, it's outright cheating. Jack. Same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably about the same. I mean, the hacking thing was like, m- like illegal. So I think that's like a different story. You know, like 
it's almost hard to cross compare because like didn't the guy go to jail? Yes. Like yeah, yeah, the dude went to jail. Like I feel like these are like different things, but you also have to curtail this in response. You can't do nothing. I don't know. I, I think that I think of them as two differently. I like the idea of hammering them with the draft pick stuff, though. Mm-hmm. I think- we'll get to punishment in a second. So I guess personally, I've then been overreacting based on your three's opinion. Like, yeah, the hacking was bad, and this is just as bad. To me, the hacking was bad, and it was one guy who was doing something bad, and he went to jail, and they got this one guy. Whereas the sign stealing completely destroyed any hopes of having a fair game. Like there is history of baseball that is compromised because of the things that the Houston Astros did and other teams, but to the extent where the entirety of an at-bat was compromised for years. I don't don't disagree with you, let. I'm just saying that when it comes to what baseball is going to do, they're going to look to the hacking as an example of punishment. I agree that they're two, like Jack said, they're two separate instances. Let's, let's just separate out. We're going to get to what baseball should do. Let's just get your opinion as a baseball fan so you get that chance. Right, my opinion as a baseball fan is they should be hit so hard that they have to get rid of, they have to shrink. They shrink their international market. They shrink, um, they can't go over the competitive uh, balance tax. They can't even come near it. They aren't allowed to have as many scouts. They aren't allowed to have as many analytical people. They aren't allowed to have an assistant GM. Like, I would crush them at the very top. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think the punishment should An be. An example must them be from made. The top. Because it's not, it's not A.J. Hinch isn't making the call. He's getting the directions and saying, hey, we're going to do this. A.J. Hinch is complicit, but he's not the one making the call. Uh, Jose Altuve is not the one saying, hey, let's get a camera up in center field. Mm-hmm. Jose Altuve is benefiting from it, and he's still complicit in it, but he's not the one who's right. implementing the idea. It comes from the very top. The very, very rational. Top. Very rational. Evan, a little more emotional? What it puts, this whole thing puts especially a gigantic black smear all over the Astros 2017 season. And over that beautiful moment where they won their World Series, it puts a huge smear on an organization that up until recently was starting to become a huge, blossoming, very well-loved team. And I think you got to make an example. I agree with John. You got to hit him as hard as you possibly can. And it's like, you can't necessarily blame the players because the players are getting orders from the top to go, hey, you got to do this. But they're definitely complicit and they definitely benefit from it. And I was um, thinking about it today is that Carlos Beltran looks um, is com- looks complicit in it, who just got hired as the Mets manager. Um, and it just, it makes everybody on that team, which still a majority of their players are super likable guys that I really love, Altuve and Beltran when he was there. And Correa and Bregman, they're all fabulous. And I have no reason to believe that they're not like good people, that they're like to think that they're terrible people or anything like that, but they are complicit in a in a systematic operational level of cheating that I think is totally unacceptable and just totally blemishes everything the Astros have done up to this point. Jack, any more uh rational, emotional, maybe some punishments? kind of hard to it's kind of hard to say what kind of um you know punishment i guess would really work for this but i, I mean the issue is that like 
Yeah, you're right that the Astros have basically altered the course of history, right? They won the 2017 World Series. Now, I will say that, like, I'm fine with that because the opponent was the Dodgers. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> fine with that on, like, a level of, like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to change the outcome. But the... Yeah, it just did we watch that I'm, together, Jack? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We went. That to like was a, like that was those were moments that I I liked. You stole my good moment, Astros. Yeah, and it just kind of sucks because it all feels illegitimate at this point. Like, yeah. um, like there's no weight to the Astros winning it anymore. In in that sense, like I I just don't feel it now. Like it's just like oh that happened. You know, it wasn't a cool moment. I mean, god damn that game five was. Was it game five or game two that ended? Like, yes, it was a game five. It was incredible. Wasn't there like yeah. all those home runs? Just like home run, home run, home yeah. run, home run. And now it's it was like, crazy. were these two just trying to like out, out sign steal each other? I mean, did you guys see the home road splits of Brian McCann? Like he had like 360 at home and like 0.4 or 0.043 was, He away. was the guy at the plate during John Boy, right? No, it was Gaddis. Uh, no, it was Gaddis. No, it was Gaddis. The same person. The same person. Same fucking yeah. person. They, um... And, and then when when Gaddis didn't know the changeup was coming, like he swung like six inches over it, like it just became so obvious. Yeah, um, if you could do the simplest punishment in like ten seconds, because John already did the perfect punishment. It sounds like mine would be like you know twenty twenty five million and two draft picks and international bonus money, and then also the analytics department, everything else John said, but like. Like a fair like chunk of your payroll, like yeah, you crush them from the top. That's the only way that a team is going to go. Oh no, we shouldn't do that again. You have to crush them from the top. John, you already I'm, said everything, and it was perfect. Okay, so you already made your points, and mine aren't going to be as good because you're saying perfect. I just wanted a simplistic in case Jack or Evan wanted to have any simplistic numbers thing. It's just got to be enforceable, like. How do you enforce the downsizing and analytics department because there's so little transparency there? Like you, right. you and I could never figure out how many people work for Astros right now. There, there, Yo, there's, I would watch that HBO no series though, like where there's an analytics department, but there's like a fake analytics department, and they just hire a whole bunch of people doing concessions or something. It's like I'm just a hot dog vendor, but at night. Yeah, I can definitely the see the Astros doing that. And the thing is that, yeah. like, the Astros are willing to cheat on this shit. Like, it's obvious they're willing to, like, cut corners across the board. So I don't know how you'd enforce that. I mean, I would like to just do the stuff that you can't cheat. You can't draft a player in the first round if MLB has specifically allowed you not to. Like, there's no way to cut that corner. Hit him hard in the draft. Hit him, a lot, hit him hard on the international signing bonuses. That stuff. I agree with John. I just don't know how you enforce the analytics stuff like uh your analytics budget can't be more than 17 million like they'd hire some smart ass accountants to be able to fuck with it like yeah evan i <coughs> i mean pardon me i agree with basically the same thing every everybody here has said so far um especially the hit him hard in the draft thing but i think there's really you can punish them, but there's still no way to fix it. Like this the is thing about the Astros. This is there is, forever. It's mm. there forever, and they also traded like so well. You know, like you hammer on the draft picks, but they found a way to get Verlander and Granke. Yeah, but they're you know? gonna regret that Zach Granke trade when Seth Beers winning World Series is for the Diamondbacks. Why would you want to oh. gloat about that? I like Seth Beer so much. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, he but just fuck the Diamondbacks. 
I know. I can't believe right. how good they're going to be in like three years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, their new Nike uniforms look pretty slick. I got to say that Sedona red alternate looks pretty good. They got rid of the stupid snakeskin thing they tried to do. And now the gradient, the dark grays. Why did and I like they that? Kept the I know teals. I'm the worst person in the world, but I was like, oh, that's cool. I guess kind of. And then I think I got sick of it. No. <laughs> I know, I know. All the, it's all the other teams in the NL West are getting cool new uniforms. The Padres' new look is super slick and looks fantastic. New the the deals. Diamondbacks' Redux look great. Um, let's take. Uh, speaking of new looks, we're gonna move on from Astros stuff um, and national stuff, and um, I think we'll get to. We'll get to like more future stuff next couple podcasts and maybe some Larry stuff next couple podcasts. But I think before it becomes December, we should look into September. So after the break, we're going to do a quick thing of what did the Rockies do in September this year besides not win a lot. But anyway, see you guys after the break. Welcome back to Rock Pile Talk Pile. We're here to talk about what happened in September. There's the good and the bad and the, well, mostly the good and the bad. Um, I'm going to hand it over to John and Evan to tell us some good things about Rocky's bats in September. So I will I will uh, cede the floor on a certain someone to Evan, but I will talk about our favorite prospect of this podcast uh, former member Jason, who no longer goes on here anymore. I hope he's listening. Uh, his name is Slam Hilliard, or better known as Sam Hilliard. Um, in Damn the month Slam of September, Wham. he's better known as Slam Hilliard. Yes, he is. Uh, in the month forced. of September, which is 22 games, 70 plate appearances, uh, he had five home runs. He slashed 262, 357, 607. With a 129 WRC plus, which was good for second on the team in September, only behind the MVP candidate Nolan Arenado. Um, as we saw, Slam looked pretty good in the outfield. Um, he graded out as above average, which is all you ask for of him. And he took walks. Like I know that I don't know how I don't know if people realize how important walking is for a young guy like Sam Hilliard coming up fresh. He had an 11.5 walk rate in September, and that will play for a full season. It might drop to like nine, but that's still really good for a young player. His strikeout percentage was a little high, but who cares about strikeouts in this day and age? <laughs> so What's I his was, ISO in stolen bases? Ooh, we want to talk about the ISO. Uh, 344, which is... Um, what? That is what we call hashtag really good. <laughs> <laughs> He had two stolen bases in September, which is fine. <laughs> I don't know. We don't steal bases. We never steal bases. Good. Uh, uh, some Zach, of us uh, steal bases. Thank you. Yeah. That's, Nobody steals bases. That is the perfect segue to Evan. My boy, Garrett Hampson. I love him. He's the best. Garrett Hampson was really, really good in the final month of the season. Month of September, he was good for uh, 0.7. F4, 
he uh, slashed 318, 368, and 534. Good for the best batting average on the team other than Nolan. And uh, had a WRC plus of 119. Um, the only two players that were higher were Nolan Arenado and Sam Hilliard. That's better than Trevor Story. That's better than Chuck. He stole nine bases. He hit five home runs. All of a sudden, he was uncorking this power that we hadn't really seen from him. Um, eight RBIs, nine stolen bases. He didn't walk as much compared to Sam Hilliard, um, 7.4% uh, walk percentage. But he also didn't strike out as much as Sam Hilliard, uh, yes. striking out only 18.9% of at-bats. He was good. And he's definitely proven that he belongs on this team. And my issue is, you know, where are we going to put him? But Garrett Hampson Center proved field. that. Sure. Center field. But he definitely proved that he belongs on this team. And I really like him. He showed flash in his bat. He shows speed. He's a good fielder. He's versatile for where he can play. Garrett Hampson is great. And there's a Hold reason on, he was he one of the top five should. batters on the team in the month of September. Okay, defend, quote-unquote, he definitely showed he belongs on this team. Compared right, to did. Uh, Ryan Altapia and Ian Desmond First and half Tom numbers. Murphy. Not Tom Murphy. Well, sure, Tom Murphy too, but he all of a sudden <laughs> went off to be good in uh, in Seattle. But First half numbers. He was just, he was better than I think any of us expected to be. But these were the sort of numbers and, and talent that he flashed while he was in the minors. And I think it took him a while to sort of get up to speed on the big league level, especially compared to Sam Hilliard, who was seeing major league pitching like immediately. But I don't know. If Garrett Hampson is so not his, on the opening day roster at the start of the season next year, I will be shocked. Hey, Pat Valeka can't, so. I mean, that's, that's who he replaces, right? Like, He's the, he's the, that's who he replaces on the roster for the spring training roster. Oh no, that's him. Eric Stamets, who we'll talk about later. Hey, he's really fucking fast, don't worry about the, it. Uh, the, the change from the first half to the second half for Garrett Hampson, his average for the first half in 130 at-bats was 200, and in 169 at-bats in the second half was 284. And how many at-bats in the first half, Zach? 130. He had 95 plate appearances, so there's some differences with walks, but he doesn't walk that much, so it doesn't matter. That's just September. I and mean, so that's he got consistent playing time and he played well. No as way. As a lot of young players do. First half WRC plus was 18, second half was 96. He's hashtag good. Okay. Um, this is this is the guy at Long Beach State who the Rockies saw potential in. This is the guy in the minor leagues who zoomed through the levels to get here last season. This is the player that we were getting, and I'm super happy to see him put things together in the second half of the season. And if he can keep that going next year, we got ourselves a real stud. All and right. let's, let's not forget that he was promoted ahead of Brendan Rodgers in 2018 to get up to AAA before Brendan Rodgers. The Rockies see something in him, and they've been very good at developing hitters throughout the last couple of years, throughout Breidich's range. Or, when they uh, get playing time. Yes. So let's not let's keep that in mind that everybody loves Brendan Rodgers and his potential. They actually thought Garrett Hampson had a quicker route to the Major League, ba to Major League Baseball. 
All right, Jack, you want outfield or infield with a bad offense? I'll go infield. Oh. Um, wow. I thought you were going to take outfield. Okay. I did too. Actually, you know what? For that sake, I had both up. I'll take outfield. Uh, Can you take infield? Because I don't want to talk bad about my boy. Who's your boy? Tapia? My, no. Jonathan Daza? No. Well, that's my oh, boy. Oh, that's right, for right, the right, guys. All right, I'll take infield then. Uh, does catching count as infield? Sure does, uh, buddy. Catching is always terrible. I don't care. Yeah, all right. Dom Nunez has not been good. Uh, I, I think Who could have predicted that? I don't know. Maybe somebody on this podcast a few months ago. Did you honestly think Dom Nunez was not going to be good? Yeah, do we remember that when I said he probably uh, won't ever make the Major League roster and he did? Don't you remember mm. in like May when he was OPSing he was like super 1,400 good. in AAA or something like that? Sure, and I was like, talking about sure this Dom was the Nunez exact conversation we had 17 at-bats and he was sick, okay? He had 17 <laughs> at-bats and he was sick. If you give him more at-bats, maybe that comes back, but 47%, K%, whatever. Like I was, if you'll recall, I was furious like because he just wasn't starting. And it's like, mm-hmm. even if he was sick, we're, we, mm-hmm. Drew Butera started more than Don well, Nunez. Yeah, and I don't know why he he got meaningful playing time. I mean, I don't think that the Dom Nunez like project is over. Like, I mean, I really think that Jeff Bridet should go out there. Listen, I really think that Jeff Bridet should go out there and throw a bunch of money at Yasmani Grandal, but I also like know that that Preach. is absolutely in no way going to happen. What did you say, John? Preach. Give oh, give oh, Yasmani Grandal oh, yeah, whatever just he wants. Put a Free, free agents next time. You, you got yeah, catching so, and first base, second base to get to. All right. Daniel Murphy, uh, he got like no playing time. Uh, yeah, he OPS like less than 700 in September. Like I, I have no idea why he has any at-bats in the month of September. He had 61 at-bats. All right. Uh, Ryan McMahon, uh, I kind of uh. want to talk about his year overall in that respect. Like it was just kind of like, eh. I mean like, What's really funny about Ryan McMahon is that he actually, like, absolutely drills the ball, but he has a ground ball percentage of, like, 53%. Like, it would be nice to see, like, a swing change or something like that because, like, a, a 1.5 war year isn't, like, terrible, but, you know, there's so much potential there to be unlocked, and I think, like, he knows that. We all know that. So I really hope that he gets a shot, honestly, at first base. Don't mm-hmm. talk to me about it. I don't know how you're going to deal with the Murphy situation, but... uh yeah, Josh Fuentes, um, Go. he was just kind of like what you expected Josh Fuentes to be, like nothing. Uh, he had a couple flashes of coolness with his home runs, but uh, kind of covers it with the bad, though. Um, I mean, Brendan Rodgers, we already talked about, was kind of a dud, you know, came up, struggled a bit, hit like 27 infield singles, and then got labrum surgery. Like that was. And that who was knows how long he was hurt during that time? Well, well we kind of do know that. Like, he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, I like just kind of started playing and then like my shoulders started barking and then like three days later he was like out for the season. We were like, well, that was cool. Thank you so much, Brendan. In defense of Ryan McMahon, my boy, he is age 24. You know? Uh, I'm already calling the Ryan McMahon um, breakout for 2020. Dude, 24 home runs this year, Silver slugger finalist. Uh, let's not forget he uh, has hired a, a independent uh, hitting coach, so he is working on retooling that swing that Jack was talking about. The uh, second half, Ryan Mack was ninety-seven weighted runs created plus. The first half, he was seventy-eight. 
Uh, his second All half slugging. Playing time. I would probably help. His second half slugging was five hundred. So good. he got a lot better, but again, like as much as I love him, because I only see the best in him, um, I he didn't have a better than average year. He just you can see the potential there. No, and he sucked in September. And he just had a bad September. Yeah. If you know who else, go ahead. If I get what I want, which is Daniel Murphy <laughs> offloaded to an American League team, then I have Ryan McMahon start. Every gosh darn day at first base. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where oh, that yeah. gets us. You know who else is technically an infielder, outfielder? Ian Desmond. Who, um, <laughs> Ian Desmond was better than Daniel Murphy. So your, your shitty signing that you tried to replace your old shitty signing with was worse than your first shitty signing. Do you remember when he didn't have minus 1.6 war? Like, what happened? Dude, I called an Ian Desmond, like, re, like a re, like a rebirth because, like, you looked mm-hmm. at the numbers. It was, like, fly balls. He was hitting the ball hard. I was like, guys, just get a load it's of coming. this. And then he was like, tank job time. Nah. And then hit, like, 190 with, like, 70 billion ground balls for the rest of the year. I was like, cool. Do you guys want to play my uh, my favorite game that you guys all hate? What what was Ian Desmond's walk percentage in uh, September? <laughs> this game Any guesses? <laughs> Any guesses? John? Four point three percent. That's funny because I know the number. Uh, John? I'm gonna go uh, one point seven five. Oh wow! No, you guys, that was worse, John. Three point four percent. Hey, I Pretty, had it. You just flipped the numbers you were, around. Reverse the numbers, yeah, Jack. You would have you had go. it. Same thing. And Dana Murphy was 4.7% with his crazy good eye. I mean, Jesus Christ. There were only <laughs> three players with a worse walk percentage in the month of September than Ian Desmond. Can you guess who they are? I'm looking at it. Are we talking Rockies or just Major League Baseball? Rockies. Rockies offense. I was going to say D. Gordon. Josh Fuentes. Josh Fuentes is one of them. Yonatan Daza. It is not Yonatan Daza. Yonatan Daza had terrible. a much better How walk percentage you, than Jack. E. Desmond. He's awful. Daza what? had a walk percentage of 10.3. Poor Daza. I feel for the guy. Jack is uh, wrong about Zach, Daza. You didn't even bring up Tapia. Pat Vileka and then Rymel Tapia had a walk percentage of 1.9%. Hey, we love we love one of those guys. Remember, Raimel Tapia has what, never seen a pitch he doesn't think he can absolutely crush. <laughs> Pick off move to third base. So, <laughs> so Raimel Tapia in September was this is the reason Raimel Tapia shouldn't be a Rocky was his September. I mean, he had 54 plate appearances and we did this thing called like K percentage minus walk percentage, where you take your K percentage and you subtract the walk percentage. And there shouldn't be like a huge difference. His was 30. Look, I've been trying to tell you guys, he's got some serious issues. And I don't think he's a long-term piece for this team. He's just such a likable guy and we all love him. But look at that bad yeah, it's 229. Swagger, John. He showed look flashes. At his he's, it's he's 229. The crab man. 
which was less than his OBP, or no, more than his OBP, which was 185. <laughs> his on-base percentage is 185. WRC plus of negative eight. Negative eight. I've been, I've he did been, steal four been, bases finally. I've been trying so to say. He finally st- I've been trying to tell y'all. He finally stole some bases. The only person with a Tampa the Bay only Rays. person Padres. with a worse WRC plus than Rymel Tapia was Tim Melville. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Even Drew Butera wasn't in the negatives. Drew Butera is so terrible, but at least he, he could walk. You mean he's boo terrible? Boo terrible. That's a terrible pun. Zach's the pun. It's a boo terrible pun. No, I'll, I'll take it. That was pretty good. Uh, and then Tony Walters is, you know, we, we, you, you love the guy, but man, that 25 way he runs created plus. All right. So, like, I thought there's been that report that the Rockies are in the market for a catcher. In every article I read that they're in the market for a catcher, it's to pair with Tony Walters. And so when someone says pair with, Zach, do you think that means mm-hmm. an even split of 81-81? Or do you mean that means 90 and 72? Depends who you sign. Well, Walters okay, so let's just take the word of pair with. What, what, do, what is pair with in your mind? Pair with would be equal time. Okay. Jack? Uh, I agree. Evan? My sentiments, when I think pair with, I think backup catcher. Exactly. I'm with Evan. I think backup. I es- think... Especially with, with how the Rockies tend to You were talking vocabularically. Yeah. I know, no. but I think what? when the Rockies say pair with, I think they mean Tony starts 95 and the other catcher starts less. The Bobby other thing Walter is you're talking is about Major League catcher. Baseball, which is which is a five starting pitchers, you know? I mean, it's, it's when, when the Rockies say pair with, I don't think they mean... Hey, let's find a guy who's eighty-one, eighty-one, or you know, even similarly. They think Tony Walters mm-hmm. is going to start ninety-five to one hundred games, and the other guy is going to start the rest. And if I had a drink for every time I said pair with, I'm, I'm just trying to hammer home the point of the wording that our front office is using. Pair with. If you had a drink for every time he said paired with, you'd be hammered home. I'm already hammering right. the point. Do you guys know what the uh, diameter of... Never mind. I was going to make a fruit joke. <laughs> was it a grapefruit? What's this a segue into? No, it was it was a pear width. Oh, pear. Like the oh. worst fruit ever. Pear. Whoa. Pear is not the worst fruit ever. You can do lots of great things They're with gross. pears. They're mushy and gross. No, but you expect... So are you, but like we keep apple. you around. John's, yeah, John's takes on Burn. fruits. That's why people listen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Flaming Hot Fruit Takes of, on the Rock Pile Talk Pile. <laughs> speaking of fruits, we're going to take a quick break and talk about the September pitching. Alright, September's almost over. So, uh, Jack, could you wake me up when September ends? <sighs> Fucking hell. Is there gonna is there gonna be a cue there? Am I gonna put in some music? You're on. This is this is this is the pod this right now. Live. So if you want to put Jack, oh, some this is live. Green Go. Day. All right. If you want right. to put some this Green is, Day behind oh, me right oh, so now, I'll talk about Hyro right now. That's my boy. Um. So so our pen was disastrous. Like this this should come without um you know 
this is coming to no surprise, but we did have some bright spots. And I would like to uh, talk about the chunky boys in the bullpen. Uh, Jesus Tinoco is not allowed in this conversation because he's low-key terrible. But Jairo Diaz and Carlos Estevez were actually (laughs) amazing. I can see John like, I can't believe he said that. Uh, Jesus Tinoco is terrible. But Jairo Diaz is not. When you look at his uh, stat cast stuff, what what I've noticed about a lot of Rockies is that they tend not to honestly perform well and then a lot of these things like exit velo. Uh, but Jairo Diaz is pretty good all across the board. Um, does a really good job at controlling um, the overall expected weighted on base average, has decent contact, uh, above average K rate. I mean, the dude is what you want for someone who's going to set up Jairo Diaz. Um, and then you also have Carlos Estevez, who is also not as good. Uh, but Carlos Estevez, we've talked about uh, talked about this on previous pods and how like if we just got like some college pitching coach or someone who knows like anything about like optimizing like pitches, like he could be such a monster because his slider is devastating. He's still good, but the problem is that the good with the bullpen kind of ends here. I mean, the the mo- the best stuff is currently kind of on the horizon, like Ben Bowden for next year. That's kind of it Estevez's for the bullpen. walk rate. Uh, is it low? Tell I- me about it. Probably low. Yeah, 23. Oh, shit. 23 walks in seven. Okay, it's it's below three. Uh, I don't want to do any math. But that K to BB is almost uh, four to one, which is dude. really what you do look for. Like, dude. Uh, like Yeah. Uh, other people who sport similar ratios would be guys like uh, Herman Marquez and John Gray. Have you heard of them? They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that 9.3 K per nine and 1.69 walks per nine in September in 10 innings. Yeah. He 100% shows- left on base percentage for Carlos Estevez. All right. Well, we're going to ignore that because that's unsustainable. But, uh, okay, but still. Pretty damn good. That's why we, we love our chunky boys. Uh, can we talk about how Jairo Diaz did not give up a home run in the month of September? Hey. That's something that I would have said on a pod. And then, like, the very next day, he would have given up, like, two and one <laughs> in it. Mm-hmm. We love our thick pen, though. Yeah. Like, uh, notice how, like, the skinny dudes like Wade Davis are, like, completely unusable trash. And then the Wade guys is... who go out there and sweat profusely and just labor, like, on the mound. Like, those guys were, like, the legit ones this year. Like, John Gray. I bet you could have a whole thesis. Another shocker was James Pazos. Another thick boy. Oh, yeah. That dude is chunky monkey, man. But he, was he, was he good? Yes. I remember watching a lot of games in like late September. He was he legitimately very bad. good in September. In 12 games, he pitched 10 innings, uh, had a K9 of 8.71 and a BB9 of 3.48, um, HR9 of 0.87, and a left on base of 93.8. He was good. He came in and got work done, which was a real shocker because he was deemed not good enough for the Phillies major league team. Yeah, uh, do you know and- what we gave up for James Pazos? I'm gonna. Uh, do you guys? Does the name Hunter Stovall ring a bell? Mm-hmm. Literally no. Literally no. That's because he was an unranked prospect. That's what we gave up for James Pazos. Like when cool. I saw that trade, it, he posted like a like a four something like low fours ERA as a left-handed pitcher with the Mariners in 2017. I was like, how did we just get this guy out of nowhere? He isn't even pitched. So, and then I, I, I was really worried because he was, for the most part, flat out terrible. To start the season in Albuquerque, he was really bad. But that's and Albuquerque. Like, I was that's like Coors on steroids, and then they put the juice ball in there, and like mm. 
Jack gets it. But Jack he, gets it. And I, I'm going to borrow. The PCL. I'm gonna, the lowest XFIP on the team was James Paz. That was a 3.4. Yeah, well, he pitched like five innings. So it's not like, you know. He pitched he like pitched, 10 innings. He pitched 10.1 innings. He's in like, this is still an insufficient sample size. Yeah, I, but, but like we have nothing he, else to be optimistic about. You know okay, who gets tough. Jesus. You know who's the lefty that he replaces, that he makes expendable, that he makes unnecessary? Mike Dunn. Jake McGee. Jake McGee is reverse splits. Oh, Jake McGee right sucks. <laughs> we're not, we're, we're not, take, we're not to sucks yet. Not to sucks yet. Right, we're right. going to get there. Were there any other positives? Am I forgetting anybody? Like, was there Philip any? Deal turned Oberg. it around in September. Oberg, Oberg was you're a for, god. You're forgetting Scott Oberg. Oh, I'm forgetting he Scott didn't Oberg. He didn't in September. He didn't pitch in September. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, wait, did he not? This is September only. It Sorry. matters that Scott Oberg is really good, and we have like a legit dude for the we future. We just have to talk about. It. He's is he chunky? Is Scott Oberg chunky? Does he qualify? He's, he's a little. Do you remember bit. when John Gray was doing terrible, and he said it's because they made me lose all this weight? It's true. Yeah, those good times. Just tell me. Hashtag thick pen. Okay. Uh, um, you can talk about how Joe Harvey was not horrible. No. Wasn't great, but he was no, adequate. Joe Harvey no, doesn't exist. Yet. Who the fuck not is Joe Harvey? Yet. Joe Harvey? He was exist. adequate. No, he's Joe Harvey. Not, he doesn't exist. He's in the bad section. Come. John, John, add Joe Harvey to your list. He like, sounds like diarrhea. Joe Harvey. That's stretch. But yeah, I, but I compared see it. I to the it. rest of our bullpen, Joe Harvey no. was not no. that bad. Nope. nope. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I get two. Uh, Philip Deal had a. Five innings pitched in September. Oh, yeah. So he did look it was, good. Good call. I mean, it was five innings pitched, not even ten. Hey, However, Zach, who did we trade for Philip Deal? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't uh, need to do this. He will not be named. Yeah, I feel like this, this should be the bad section. <laughs> Mike Snotman. Got him. I'm not. Gonna, no, I'm Mike not going to tolerate that. You don't talk mess about Mike Talkman. We fucked up okay, on that. Okay, you just go slice your pizza with your fork and knife. Yeah. Ooh. 8.44K per nine to 1.69 walks per nine. Wasn't his, yeah. like, first major league appearance awful? So does it, bad. Does anyone remember? He got like, four he up, like, runs. a bunch of homers. Yeah. I saw him in his major league <laughs> appearance, <laughs> and he gave up, like, four runs. I'll never forget it. It was, I remember that, because it was, I said before the game, we're going to ruin him. Because we're rushing him up, and then he proceeded to get destroyed, and then sent back down, well, and was like, "That's it, we ruined him." Too. I yeah, feel like was, he was in a beanball game, like like, or it was yes. like against the Padres no. or something, and he like threw at someone, and like then oh, they. Yeah. It was against oh, the Cubs. Right. It was against the Cubs with oh, the Anthony Rizzo thing. Oh, oh yeah, like where they were like, lead where they were like, game. Philip Deal was definitely targeting the Cubs batters, and it's like he's a rookie pitcher no. who got rushed to the bigs, who showed no control over any yeah. of his appearances. Like, well, it's funny June 11th, because Cubs fans had the said Cubs. that. Yeah, well, the Cubs he, fans were like, he threw at it, and it's like you. I he, just watched a pitch sail over the catcher's head. You think he that brushed? He brushed Anthony Rizzo, who's literally on the plate. Like, Anthony uh-huh. Rizzo cannot get any closer to the plate when he bats. You cannot physically brush Anthony Rizzo off the plate because he's on the plate at all times. The problem with Philip Deal when he came up is in his first appearance, June 11th, he faced seven batters. <laughs> and then his second appearance on June 12th, he faced five batters. Oof. I think Bud Black was just like, here, put the nerd in. Let's have a bunch go, of batters. Go Give him a swirly. It, yeah. 
Hey, four eyes, you're up. <laughs> exactly. But maybe he got better because, you know, we brought him back up really late September and he only Didn't he gave face up. like a dipshit team? I remember I remember in that Mets, moment thinking Mets, like Dodgers, yeah. Giants, 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 Milwaukee. Oh my Zero. god, we let him face Giants, the Dodgers. Giants, what Giants. happened there? Uh the Dodgers game, he struck out two guys. He also faced six batters, but <laughs> anyway. I, like I thought you were you gonna know, say like seven. No earned runs. It doesn't matter. No earned runs. We don't think about you know, it. That's a really good way to talk about relief pitchers. Yeah. He Only was ERA in September and never bring up better. Else. Yeah. Um my guy who I like is Chichi fucking Gonzalez. 8.5k per 9 with a 3.6 walks per 9 in 27 innings in September. He had an unsustainable BABIP at 203, so now this is all great assault. Um <laughs> But that 1.65 ERA in 27 innings pitched, dude had 0.8 WAR in one month. Yeah, let's Five let's games. not forget that Chichi Gonzalez was at one point a top 100 prospect, so he has yeah. talent. Obviously, wasn't that like three Tommy John surgeries ago? Probably. No, he's not a big Tommy John guy. I think he might have had one, but he's not a three guy. He had uh, one Tommy John, but he had not pitched professionally since 2016. He still hasn't pitched professionally. Hey oh. Ooh. Oh. Got him. Okay. He's got my uh he's a starter with uh I know this is probably not the best stat, but left on base percentage of eighty three percent as right. a starter and twenty seven innings we, pitched. We, again, we don't look at that number. We don't want to talk about unsustainable success. I know. We just but want like, to believe in the just future. Come on. And then I looked into Chi Chi's whole season. Um, they kind of started him up saying, hey, maybe you should start pitching again. And he pitched five innings, four innings, five innings, five innings, um, and was giving up like three runs back in like June, July. And it was like, ah, it wasn't the worst. He was giving up like two, three runs and not going very far. Then he faced the Houston Astros at home. Oh. And they were pitch dipping, obviously. Yeah, he gave up. Zero earned runs, seven innings pitched, eight strikeouts. That's with the Astros knowing exactly who he's going to pitch. It was a 100% home run per fly ball. All right. That's bad. Um, anyway, then he faces the Padres after getting shelled into the quick like Houston thing and gives up five earned runs, then two earned runs in Arizona, and then five earned runs at St. Louis, and then seven earned runs in Pittsburgh. So August just sucked for Chichi Gonzalez, and he wasn't that bad in June, July. Fast forward July, faces the Dodgers, 6.1 innings, two earned runs. St. Louis, six innings, one earned run. Padres, four innings, one earned run. Uh, Dodgers, again, five innings, two, zero earned runs. Milwaukee, six innings, one earned run. And he had, in the month of September, let's see, that's 7, 12, 20, 26 strikeouts. Two, how many walks? Um, three, eight, eleven. Not he didn't walk issue. a single guy in his St. Louis start, and he walked one guy against the Dodgers. The he Padres was, just have his number. A strikeout rate and walk rate is what is something that you can uh, look for as far as sustainability because those those regulate quickly. Yo, if you get me a, a Colorado Rocky starter with like an eight point five K per nine, I'll take it. It could be better, but 
We need strikeouts with our starters. God, imagine having the Padres having your number. Uh, well, Will Myers does exist. Well, like, but no, I mean, like, as a team, you know, like, what if you just, like, year in and year out got your ass whooped by the Padres? The reverse John Gray. I just realized that's kind of what happens with us and the Marlins, so maybe I should reverse stop. Reverse Desmond. <laughs> Speaking of Ian Desmond, uh, Evan or Jack, you want to take Ian Desmond out for a spin? Uh, I'll let Evan do the honors. Ian Desmond <laughs> in... <laughs> Yes, we're on a bad pitching section. Bad pitching section now. <laughs> this is not bad pitching. But it was so this fun, is, this though. This is the bad pitching section. It was section. so fun. I enjoyed the hell out of watching Ian Desmond pitch in his one game, in his one inning. No strikeouts, no walks, no home runs. He did give up. Uh, I believe he gave up a hit, but had a left on base percentage of 100%. That's totally sustainable. And his ERA of zero. Uh, totally he had, sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> he had an XFIP be- of 5.2, which <laughs> compared to some of the other people on the bad list is like incredible. <laughs> Would he be the second most expensive bullpen arm? Oh, God. I don't forgot we have to talk about this. This is to the to bad section, y'all. Hey, that, that replacement level war is all we're looking for from Ian Desmond. <laughs> One of only three pitchers with replacement level war. The other two are Rico Garcia, who is gone, and Peter Lambert, who... Thank God. I don't know what to say about Peter Lambert. He was so promising to start. Yeah, what is Peter Lambert? Evan. He he was not particularly good in September. He wasn't the worst, but okay, he was pretty bad, actually. Uh, K9 of 5-5-2. Walk 9 of 5-5-2. HR nine of 1.23. He was giving up the long ball. He uh, had a 14.3% fly ball uh, home run for per fly ball rate. His ERA in September over four games was 10, 10.43. And his XFIP worse than Ian Desmond at 6.34. Dude couldn't pitch more than 14.2 innings. Yeah. He was getting pulled often and early. He usually only made it through four innings. How many innings did he pitch overall in 2019? Uh, that is a great question, and I'm stalling so I can look it up. It is 89.1. 89.1 in is that just major league? That's not triple A too. That is just major league. Okay, so the only thing that I will say about Peter Lambert in his defense, because I know a lot of people are unsatisfied with Peter Lambert, this these are the most innings he's ever pitched in his professional career. Um, he got called into action to be someone who pitched at the major league level before he was ready. And I don't think that was a bad call. It was the right call. I'm not disparaging us for that. You didn't see the best version of Peter Lambert, and you're going to see a better version of Peter Lambert going forward. So, but keep in mind, the best version of Peter Lambert is a number three starter. The more than likely version of Peter Lambert is a number four starter where he's going to look more like a Chad Bettis kind of, but a little bit better. So... You're really selling the experience here. Rest I'm just saying, like, 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 let's 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 not let's not destroy Peter Lambert for what he did in 2019 because it was his most innings ever, and also his ceiling is a number three starter, like the best version that you're ever going to get of Peter Lambert, number three starter. So Peter Lambert's fine. He's still going to be a piece in the rotation moving forward, but don't. It's going to be it's going to be next year. Is his real? 
let's see what yeah, we've like, got. Like, like, don't kill him for 2019, but also don't think that he's going to be someone who's Kyle Freeland. Like, July. Let's relax. Uh, John, what about July? His 4.64 ERA July with like a. That's basically what you should expect for a full season. Maybe 4.3 is what you should expect for a full season, but that's. That's what that. Peter Lambert is. Yeah, that's I would what take Peter that. Lambert is. I mean, that was also in July where it's like, it's hot. Yeah, I mean, the, Peter Lambert, as even when he made the top 100 prospect list, was still a guy that all the prospect lists said was probably number three, number four starter. And that's what top 100 prospect lists, when they list starting pitchers, they will tell you once you get past 60, these guys are Probably number three and number four starters. I mean, but that's also okay. If we have a solid mid-rotation guy in Peter Lambert, I'll definitely take it because solid is what we need more than anything else. And that's what I thats what I want people to realize with Peter Lambert is he's going to be fine. You saw the worst version of him down the stretch when he was tired and having to pitch innings because we literally didn't have anybody else to pitch. In with a Tim perfect Belleville, world, though. Well, in a perfect world, Peter Lambert doesn't even pitch in September. Like, he doesn't pitch in AAA in September. He doesn't pitch in the majors in September. But if you want to transition to Tim Melville. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to mostly recuse myself from the Tim Melville talk because I have a great deal of affection for Tim Melville, the sweatiest man in baseball. Okay, so with Tim Melville, he pitched, and I'm not exaggerating with this, he pitched the seventh most innings for, or seventh most starts for us, which was literally seven. So that symmetry works. Um, oh. Look, Tim Melville is what he is. He's a guy who went to independent leagues and got signed by us. And that's what he is. He's fine. He's never going to be better than fine. He's going to be worse than fine often. But he's just a guy. Like, there's the term jag, which is just another guy. That's Tim Melville. He's just another guy. He's never going to destroy us, and he's never going to win us a ball game. He's fine. I, just, I love Tim him Melville. so much, though. If he's so lovable. Reason, and he is. He is a great story. We needed so many stories in August and September to get us through. Jesus How many Christ. Tim Melville memes did we have in August and September game threads? Tim Melville kept our cell alive, and we can all know that. We all loved watching Tim Melville because he was a fun story, and he did some fun things like pitch five innings and give up two runs, and it didn't make sense because he would walk three guys, but he would also strike out four guys, and those four guys he struck out were usually with people on base. It was weird. It didn't make sense. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't make sense. Tim Melville, if you for whatever reason, wins the fifth spot in the rotation for next year. Oh, Who cares? my God. It's Imagine. It's I would fine. be thrilled. Who cares? Tim Miller is fine. But I thought that now, spot was going to Jeff Hoffman. Okay, let's get into the bad. Um, for $100, Zach, tell me who pitched the second most starts for the Rockies. Jeff Hoffman. No. Jack, tell me who pitched the second most starts. Uh, is it Herman Marquez? No. Gray was Evan, alive for a while. Evan, tell me who pitched the second most starts for the Rockies. Whole season or month of September? Whole season. Uh, it's got to be one of Marquez or Gray. Marquez. Or Gray. Marquez is number one. Second most was 
Uh, it's technically a tie. It's Senzi. Okay, he doesn't win a hundred dollars because you looked it up. Sensatella pitched the second, had the second most starts for the team. Oh, I forgot that it existed. tells you where we are now. As everyone who listens to the podcast knows, everybody who is a member of our subreddit knows, I love Antonio Sensatella. Why did I fall in love with Antonio Sensatella? Because he strikes out dudes in the minors. He led a ball in strikeouts. Holy shit, he, he struck people out ever? Yes, in a ball, he led strikeouts. How many, oh. who had the worst swinging strike percentage in baseball? Everybody? Chad Bettis. Antonio Sensatella. That is the problem. Antonio Sensatella in A-ball and in double-A struck dudes out. At the major league level, what? he's not striking A-ball, dudes out. A-ball, he had a K-rate of 5.54. I'm Are telling you, you right now. triple-A? No, he led A-ball in strikeouts. This is why I fell in love with him. Jack, Sensi spent almost has spent almost no time in triple-A. Remember that he yeah. came straight from double-A to the Rockies and then spent... Yeah, he had a, he had a uh, 10K9 last year in triple-A. So... That tells you where our starting staff was. Antonio Sensatella had as many starts as John Gray. He had more starts than Kyle Freeland. He had more starts than Peter Lambert. Had more starts than Jeff Hoffman. On and on and on down the list. Antonio Sensatella was bad. And that's unfortunate, but that's what he is. Bad starter. Who was the worst starter for the team? It was Kyle Freeland. And that's unfortunate. Um, We all know that Kyle's going to bounce back. Uh, what this bad section's really about for the starters, his name is Jeff Hoffman. Evan, what's my opinion of Jeff Hoffman circa July of 2019? Oh, he just he's a, he's going to turn the corner. He just needs another chance. Jack, what's my current opinion of Jeff Hoffman? Jeff Hoffman, late game reliever. Exactly. Jeff Hoffman is not a starting pitcher for the Rockies. He may be a starting pitcher for a team like Tampa or the Yankees or the Astros. He's never going to develop anything other than his curveball. His curveball has maxed out, and it's his best pitch. His fastball is bad. His secondary pitching besides his changeup is bad. And Jeff Hoffman is a bad starting pitcher. Oh. It is the reality that we all live in. That is a shocking thing to hear coming from you. Pragmatism. This world sucks. Yep, this is terrible. Um, I already made my opinions of Peter Lambert. Uh, we already heard about Chichi Gonzalez and, and Tim Melville. Uh, Evan, you Evan. got some bad pitching? Yep, uh, one second. Evan, are you upset that we lost Tyler Anderson? Part of me is. Like the part of me who says maybe we could have seen a fully healthy Tyler Anderson use what flashes we had seen to be a good rotation piece for us. But he was never fully healthy. He never fully acted on those flashes. And I don't know what the future holds for him. But at the end of the day, it was probably for the best for us to move on. And it really stinks that he's going to the Giants where he's probably going to pitch a no-hitter against us or something. But I think it was time to move on from Tyler Anderson. I think I mostly agree with that. But sentimentally, I disagree with it. But... Evan's right. So we lost him. Uh, Chad Bettis was designated for assignment. Um, he could have said, uh, no one picked, no one claimed him. He could have said, yep, I'll go to Albuquerque. Instead, he said, no, I will not go to Albuquerque. Um, so Chad Bettis is a free agent and expect him to be a spring training invitee for us because no one's going to sign him. 
Yeah, Not I don't. We're starting pitching, or the Pirates do. I I straight up don't see Tyler uh, Chad Bettis being signed by anyone before spring training. I just I don't. He had his health issues this year, but he also just wasn't good. He he was similar to Sensa Taylor, where he couldn't buy a strikeout. Uh, he wasn't good at um, keeping people stranded on base. He had a fairly high ERA. He was relieved from starting duty pretty early in the season. And, like, we all, everybody loves Chad Bettis. He was a great feel-good story. He's bounced back from cancer. He's a really good guy, and everybody loves him. But we don't love his pitching, especially this year. And maybe he comes back as a spring training invite. That'd be great. But he's... I don't think he'll ever be a starter again, and I honestly can't see another team signing him before spring training. Totally agree. On to the bad bullpen for Evan. Uh, real quick before we move on to bad bullpen is Rico Garcia. Rest in peace. He is now also no longer with the team. He had one start. It was really bad. Let's move on. Yes, Rico Garcia is nobody. He was might have been a good bullpen piece, maybe, at best. He's nobody. Don't he was another him. one of, we are desperate for a person. Let's call up this guy and throw him on the mound. Uh, so bad bullpen. Uh, Brian Shaw is bad. Brian Shaw is no a bad way. man. Breaking news, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> who had... How bad was he? Ooh, in nice. 72 innings pitched for the 2019 baseball season. Oh my God, he, why Oh was my bad. god, he pitched 72 innings? Yeah. God, we're so That's the dummies. real takeaway here. What the fuck are we doing? He's okay. Well, and the worst part about that is it gives us incredibly little wiggle room. Shaw has always yeah. been a, Shaw has always been a workhorse pitcher. This is why we brought him in to begin with. He was a workhorse with the Indians. He was in a workhorse with us. The issue is that now he only has to pitch 40 something games in the 2020 season for his option to vest, and we need to pay him $9 million to be stuck with him in 2021, which is the worst case scenario. Shaw has been a disastrous signing for us. He was. Are you going to hit me with the crowbar? No, I'm just saying you could hit Brian Shaw. I didn't say I Nancy was Nancy Kerrigan all up in here. Yeah, yeah, let's Tony Harding this up. I just... Shaw... Hey, Brian Shaw's showed... September left on base percentage was 100%, so that's fine. He showed glimpses <laughs> of like the kind of pitcher we thought we were getting when he signed him. Um, but for the most part, he, he finished the season with an ERA of 5.38. He had a left on base percentage of only 68.5. He was given up home runs. He had an ERA, he had a HR nine of one five and he just, he had, a, he had one save. There's an interesting mm. fact, I guess. But his Babbitt's 214. How can he be? Oh, wait a second. His Babbitt's 214. His Babbitt for the season was 275. Okay. Can but you tell me about his home he, runs for fly balls, Evan? Uh, for September or the f- for the full season? Just September is fine. Uh, for the full season, it was 17.9% home runs for fly balls. And for the month of September, oh, it was 50%. It. <laughs> Half of the fly balls he gave up in September were home runs. Left the yard, Jesus. 
he can't have a left on base percentage if no one's getting on base. Exactly. Because they're that was the lead up. Ugh, such a good punchline. Sorry. Is Jake McGee bad too? Yes. Don't, don't say it ain't so. Ah. Jake McGee should not be on this team anymore. Awesome. Brian Shaw shouldn't be on this team anymore. Both of them should have been Agreed. DFA'd like mid-season when it was clear to anybody that they were both horrible. But Well, surely that the third graduating member of that class, uh, free agency class, Wade Davis, that guy can't have been bad I need, too, right? I need, I need a little bit more on Jake McGee real quick. What was his left on base percentage? Uh, left on base percentage for Jake McGee was 100% in September. What was his home run for fly ball? Also 50%. <laughs> He was striking out more people. I will say in September, McGee had a K-9 of uh, Mm -hmm. 10.8. But he also had an ERA of 8.10 and an XFIP of 6.19. McGee bad. His home runs per nine was 8.1. He had one good season and we signed him to a big contract and he's been horrible ever since. Yeah, and my whole off year, odd, odd year thing didn't come true. So I'm sorry about that. And that was Matt. And the Zach. worst part Matt is Brian Shaw and Jake McGee are both thick boys in the thick pen, but they are not good. In fact, they are the opposite of good. They're bad, but no one nearly as bad as the non thick boy, Mr. Wade Davis, with a September ERA of 60.75. <laughs> Holy shit. And a September XFIP of 16.68. And how many years is Wade Davis still in the books for? Too many. Two. Two is you could just stop to two. Two well, is well, the answer. How how does his option vest? He has to finish. He has to have finished. It doesn't have to save. He has to finish a certain amount of games, and I can't remember the amount. Forty. He has it to doesn't do that. matter. He's he's gonna finish forty games. And he we thought we You only had one point one innings pitch in September, by the way, but still. But it was that bad. Well, and I think Bud Black literally said, just relax, bro. Like, you've had a rough year. Just yeah. relax for some and I, and I do appreciate, like, McGee came out and said that he flat out was like, I was terrible. It's not okay. I'm not going to let this happen again. I'm going to work really hard in the offseason to get back to where I need to be. True. And that's True. laudable. True. And if he can do it, Super, because last year I liked Wade Davis, and this year I hate Wade Davis. So if next year I like Wade Davis again, okay. I mean, most of Wade Davis's like issues is that he just doesn't throw as hard. Like, he walks sorry, sorry, too many bro. guys. He walks too many guys. Well, and he's got he's yeah. got the same approach for every single batter, which is mm-hmm. try and paint the corners with fastballs, and then throw curveballs in the dirt. And then when no one bites on the curveballs in the dirt, which they almost never do because they know he's going to throw a curveball in the dirt, they walk. 6.12 walks per nine this year. And September you, it was 20.25. Is, that, you, is you, that bad? You can't have that from a reliever. Any reliever. I don't care if it's a closer or if it's a You can't have reliever. six you walks in a, in a starter. You, you can't have it. It's Walks are the number one thing that will kill you at Coors Field. And it's something that our front office doesn't understand, and it's something that our pitching coaches don't understand, and it's something Only that Bud our pitchers Black don't understand. It. Bud Black gets it because he hate he's a pitcher and he hates walks, but nobody else gets it. And, and his, I, don't, I don't get it. And he had a so he had a career worst career worst left on base percentage of fifty five point four. 
I'm like, surprised it wasn't a hundred. This <laughs> this was probably his worst season. Probably you know, no. Like I, I I would need <laughs> to look <laughs> back at like some other seasons, but this was such was, a bad season for him, and it was yeah. so frustrating because last year like he had some some hinks, but overall you know he was he set the saves record he yep. he was good 10.7k per nine last year that's versus good. this year down to 8.86 and, and he, he was giving up home runs ones. way more often uh he had a career high home run per nine of 1.48 and sure part of that's the juice balls but the other part is that he was pretty frequently Bam. when he wasn't able to pay the corners leaving meatballs 350 babip this year like we knew that the way Davis contract at some point was going to be bad because you had to overpay for him mm-hmm. to come to Coors Field, but it got bad at minimum a year before you thought it would, and at best two years before you thought it would. It was bad. It got bad in a hurry, too. It wasn't like he was like, oh, I'm thinking about getting bad soon. He was like, no, it's it's here. <laughs> he looked bad in spring training. Yeah, because yeah, I remember I was doing my write up for for spring training for the bullpen, and I was like, "I'm a little worried about Wade Davis, you guys." And lo and behold, I we had good reason to be. And a lot of people was like, "Oh, spring training doesn't matter." Sometimes spring training matters, and we're remember getting a preview of what is God. coming. Yeah, he had like he had like two weeks of like, "This is nice." <laughs> I mean, you just didn't think that, like, all the, the – one of the biggest problems was you signed all the bullpen at the same time for the same contract, too. You're know, like, well, if Mike Dunn's good, then Brian Shaw will be good, which means Wade Davis will be good, which means that Jake McGee will be good, and it'll all happen at the same time, and it'll all work out just fantastically. And if – the rumors of collusion are true, and the rumors of literally everybody else hating Jeff Breidich are true. Uh, he was not in the memos of collusion, and so he signed Wade Davis, Brian Shaw, and Jake McGee before anybody else signed, and two higher contracts. So that mm. looks bad. That looks bad. But luckily, we're just going to fire all the people underneath Jeff Breidich and not Jeff Breidich. Yeah, it does We could have had Chime Bloom. Yeah. Heim. 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 Yes, his name is Heim, Heim, and he's with the Red Sox now, and that's yeah, going to just gonna destroy baseball. Um, we got to finish things up. Um, awards. Um, Trevor Story. Good. Silver Slugger. Good. It. Um, you get three-second reaction. Jack on Nolan Arnauto not getting Silver Slugger. Fine. Rendon was a god. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. If uh, no got robbed for gold glove though. Statistically, no, he didn't. Yes, no, he did. For sure he did. That's all right. Uh Zach has a personal connection in Nick Ahmed and um he has said negative things about Nick Ahmed, so I think Trevon uh deserves it. Yeah, Nick Ahmed is like stupid too. Like yeah. he hit, he's like he's a two fifteen hitter against everybody else. He was a jerk. And, and not against the Rockies. He hits like 340 with five grand slams. He's a jerk. Um, who's good on defense? Nolan Arenado. How good? Seven gold. straight gold gloves, baby. 
and is the only player who got the platinum glove three years in a row, correct? Three platinum correct. gloves in a row, baby. Which, and the platinum glove has only been around since 2011, I think. But still. The, would you like to know the only they, other player who won seven straight gold gloves from their rookie season? Who? Ichiro. I don't know who I was going to guess. Uh, the NL or the uh, Gold Glove Award for uh, third base is basically Matt Chapman's and Nolan Arenado's until f- further notice. Yeah, it's the El Toro High School to... third base yes. uh, excellence award. Yes, as Evan has said, those two were high school teammates. <laughs> like, imagine uh, having to hit against uh, Matt Chapman and Nolan Arenado mm-hmm. on the same team to the left side of the infield. It's gone. Um, well, we finally made it out of September. Um, so, uh, if you stay tuned during the off season, we will discuss all the $5 million we have to spend. Look forward to the, uh, Steven Strasburg celebration signing podcast. No, I'm uh, I'm here for the Yasmani Grandal signing no. podcast. Uh, Jack, I think, is in the same boat as me, so I will uh, not care about anything else but Yasmani Grandal and Robinson Torinos. Don't I, forget about Robinson I wonder if Torinos. I love Robinson. You know that. I was talking about Robinson this time last year. He's really good. We should have signed him. I told you guys. Are they going to announce the Garrett Cole signing when they announce the Yasmani Grandal signing? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm just I'll waiting wait until we sign it. Hot beat. We're going to... We're going to sign a 39-year-old catcher, and you're going to have to like it. His name's Robinson Chirinos. I will like it. And he's 36. Yes, I like him. Okay. Well, if any of that happens... Sign Tanner Rourke. Sign, uh, sign on the dotted line. Anyway, we're going to just uh, sign off because it's time. We're doing more signing than Jeff Breidich is going to be. Ooh. Ooh. Fire Jeff is there's, there's four of us. Fire Jeff Breidich. Fire Jeff Breidich train. Okay, see you guys. Start wearing a purple for